Hello everyone, and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is James Evans, and joining me is my dear friend and now co-host, Ellie Nunn. Ellie! Hello! Excited that I finally made it to co-host after all these years. I know, you've progressed. The £2,000 was worth it. If 2020 couldn't be any worse, we'd have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The most basic millennial next step. I know. How have you been? Uh, James, I am good. I am I am fed and watered and stood up and ready to make it nice. Fantastic. Can I tell you about me? <laughs> oh, I mean, that was going to be my natural next question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> tell me. Tell me about you. <laughs> well, it was my birthday the other day. And um, I don't know if you know this, but I actually share the same birthday as Ramona Singer. Do you? I do. By the way, yeah. my un- my underreaction to you saying it was my birthday the other day, um, I feel I should make clear is because I knew, not because I don't care. I know, I've been talking about it nonstop. I don't know, I was really feeling my birthday this year. And um, in honour of Ramona, I, I planned a, a ladies' luncheon of my 50 closest girlfriends, except I only have five. <laughs> so it was a tenth of as good. Yeah, they pulled together and got me a designer handbag, except it wasn't really designer. As dictated in the invitation, I wanted to follow Ramona's um, lead. To the T. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Did you have a wonderful birthday? It was a wonderful birthday. I got a velour tracksuit that I'm now wearing at the moment. I haven't taken it off for the last um, few days. Stop. Yeah. How very very New Jersey of you. I was watching um, New Jersey yesterday and there was a, a, a scene with uh, Teresa and Jacqueline in a bathroom and Teresa was wearing the exact velour tracksuit herself. I just need some bedazzling and mm. uh, a pump and then it would be a seamless transition. And enormous hair and copious amounts of fake tan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a criminal record. <laughs> oh. But apart from that, we're twins. I know. Oh, sorry. That was, that was a, a bad note to start on. It's not that kind of podcast. No, we're not here to rip these people down. We are here to build them up. We're 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 observers and um we're we're academics and there's there's professionalism <laughs> to this podcast. At the heart of it, we are academics. <laughs> On that note, shall we shall we just give some context to everyone about how we met, what our relationship is with the housewives, how this Absolutely. podcast came to fruition? Go for it. Okay, well, we met at Cambridge University 10 years ago, almost to the day, which I can't quite believe. <laughs> and, um, and we would just, you know, hang about in the, in the student bars and, you know, that sort of thing. Just th- thinking that we were more important than we were. Well, it's always been my problem is that I've been too cool for school, but also too school for cool. So I feel like I've been oh, stop. caught between two worlds. I feel like... Introducing ourselves as having met at Cambridge University is exactly the kind of obnoxious introduction you would have to a new housewife. I know exactly. Watch our listenership plummet. <laughs> so yeah, so we were we were um, kind of you know hanging in the same circles, as the housewives tend to say, you know, in that very oblique way. And then I feel like our friendship was really solidified when we did a play together at the Edinburgh Fringe, and we shared a flat in Edinburgh, and we watched a lot of Housewives on ITVB. Mm, that was our first time, wasn't it? It was. You never forget the first time. In between performing a 
modern day adaptation of the Oristaya set in a casino to audiences of three, mm-hmm. we would drown our sorrows in copious amounts of ITVB. And so began our introduction to Real Housewives. And where did we come in at? So we came in at, I remember it was the dinner party from hell, season one of Beverly Hills. <gasps> um, what a treat. What a place to What start. an introduction. I really feel that explains the uh, fervor with which we love the Real Housewives franchise is because we did come in at a 10. Absolutely. There's no way but down <laughs> from the dinner party from hell. And it's what I love is that it's one of those great episodes where it's almost like a bottle episode where it's all like a murder mystery. It feels like an Agatha Christie novel where they're all just like locked in a house together mm. with the likes of Alison Dubois, <laughs> the psychic, chain smoking, yes. the e-cigarette. And it was a very uh, solid introduction of each character. It felt like a um, concentrated dose because there was so there was so much interfighting as well. So it's not like you just came in on the Kyle Camille argument. You came in on the Kyle Camille argument, both of whom had brought their sidekicks who also were having an argument. And then you had like the Taylor Kim dynamic across the table. The morally corrupt Faye Resnick. It was a perfect microcosm of the world we were about to enter. Oh my God, completely. And I think that's the thing with Housewives is that you just have to dive in at some point and it's going to be complete chaos and you probably don't know what's going on. And it is kind of a a sensory overload, but you just have to go, you have to roll with the punches as Caroline Manzo once said. Although I would argue that, you know, you want to check that you're in quite a solid place yourself. Are you feeling mentally strong enough to take on the emotional baggage of these women? Because I would not tread lightly into, into this world. Well, I think it's good to have a guiding hand on the journey and... You know, we were kind of solo doing it by ourselves. Because that's another thing I remember about us is that in then in my final year at uni, I shared a house with your with your boyfriend at the time. R.I.P. And you were there a lot of Not R.I.P. He didn't die. No, he's but... not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Still very much alive. Still very much alive and upstairs in my house. Unless you it's, know something uh... I don't. Okay, good. No. <laughs> <laughs> he is, sorry. To clarify, I live with my ex-boyfriend. Uh, because I'm just kooky and charming and delightful that way. And I'm effectively living in uh, an American 90s sitcom called What Are We Like? And we're sort of back to back and we're like eye rolling each other. You're a solid supporting character, by the way, James. I know. I feel like I want to be sort of like the wacky neighbor that comes in through the back door that's always open. And oh, I come on. No, you're like, you're like the wry friend who offers observations as an observer. You're not the wacky neighbor. I want to be the Kramer. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get to choose who you are. It's my sitcom. But anyway, there was, um, when we were both, the times when we were both in the house together, I remember, and I don't know if you remember this, there was this almost like weird unspoken thing where we would, we were aware that we were both watching Housewives simultaneously, but also independently. What, when I would then like scurry down the stairs and we'd like... Yeah, you would be upstairs and then I would be on the lower level, if you will. (laughs) As it should be. And then we'd like, yeah, meet in the kitchen for a debrief and compare notes. And those were back in the days when there was was no uh, Hey You, there was no Housewives on Netflix, there was no Hulu, and we were just out there... In the wild. No, we were hardcore. We were on like, like vid, vidvox or whatever it was called. I mean, like we were, we were in piracy land. We were in endless pop-ups of like Pornhub kind of land. 
I know. I was a dab hand at shutting down porn pop-ups. There was like 10 oh, at a time. One after absolutely. the other. Bam, 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 bam. And I was only like tempted every now and then to take on a Russian bride. We were really, we really, they put us through the ringer and it was all for, you know, watching Melissa Gorga record her single. I mean, I can't believe. Oh, it was worth it. It was, it was worth it. Worth it. It's almost too easy I now. I almost feel like now I don't earn each episode enough. It is. There's so much ease. And I think that's the thing with, you know, the convenience of technology these days. Every Housewives episode is available to view. So any layperson can become a Housewives intellectual like ourselves. You know, in, in the US, it's all there on Hulu. In the UK, it's on Hey You. And I believe, what is what is on Netflix that's Real Housewives? Is it just New so York? So currently, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives of New York, both of them just the first two seasons, are available as a sort of taster on Netflix. And after that, you'd have to, to move over onto um, to the likes of Hey You. And what an exciting time, because I honestly, I'm a real proponent of those older seasons, those classics, if you will, because sometimes it's it's good to just go back to the source, to know your history, because it can really give you crucial context and it really enlightens some otherwise uh, obscure references in the more recent seasons and mm. ultimately and just enriches the whole experience, you know, because if you see Faye Resnick just in passing at one of Carl Richards' white parties these days, you don't know that she's the morally corrupt Faye Resnick and you don't know where that phrase has come from. You don't know that it all comes from the dinner party from hell. Absolutely. I've just gone back and watched the first four seasons of New York having previously come in at season five right through to 12. And I excitedly was leaving James these voice notes saying I felt like a Marvel fan who'd been gifted uh, an Origins film. I felt like mm. I'd been given a load of information and had all these characters I've been following for years fleshed out in ways that I could have only dreamed. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed getting to to go back to the roots of where of where they all began, of where Manhattan Moms began. Oh, for sure. Did yeah, you know that's... that that's what it was called? I did know that. I find that kind of thing really fascinating, the pre-production. It's so fascinating, like what they were aiming for. And we've spoken about it before with, with Beverly Hills. I think it's so clear in the first episode or two, the show they thought they were making. They had no idea what was to come. I think that's the thing is that these women, it can't be scripted. So these you get the likes of Ramona Singer and it just naturally evolves into a show that is so much bigger than any of us could have imagined. I, I feel like the show thought that it was going to have to kind of corral the women far more into being what they wanted into kind of uh, uh, plucking out storylines. And actually, I mean, it's like they could have stuck a GoPro on their head and just let them fly. Oh, 100%, especially the New York women. They could have kept, I, I would I would watch a live stream. There was a video that was doing the rounds on Instagram last year, I think. It was during Pride in New York and they had a Bravo float. And all the many housewives or different people from the Bravo universe were on said float. And there was a video doing the rounds of Sonia and Tinsley absolutely wasted in an Uber arguing about Scott and the townhouse Sonia was rambling about her pussy and Kelly Dodd from OC <laughs> just happened to be live streaming it at the time. And like, they didn't know they were being filmed. They're like that all the time. It never ends. If I can speak for both of us here, I think it's important to say that our relationship to the Real Housewives franchise is not to be confused with um, a sort of ironic love of trash TV 
uh, that might come with I, I get asked all the time if I love like Emily in Paris or it's like oh you must love selling sunset which I do but I'm like no 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 you've misunderstood I don't love Real Housewives because it's sort of mindless white noise like background TV that I can have on and not have to think about the shit show that is 2020 I love Real Housewives for its sort of teetering on like Emmy award-winning docudrama insight into the human psyche definitely for me it's um just echoing what you said it's definitely a crash course in humanity it allows you to well the thing is this is going to be really pretentious but i have an english degree and i've never used it for anything so i might as well just use it when talking about housewives but <laughs> aristotle i can't say no i can't say come on <laughs> aristotle what so, so aristotle's poetics he, do, he talks about poetry and tragedy as 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 an imitation of the real world and i really think that it applies to the housewives because it allows we the audience to kind of coolly observe an imitation of life's darkest facets without necessarily disturbing us with a few exceptions i will say the likes of taylor and russell and vicky's mum dying on oc and beverly yeah the show has walked a knife edge with that hasn't it which in itself is fascinating and it it, it's it's that kind of cathartic experience which Mm. allows us to practice experiencing those emotions and then purge them at the end of the day having said all of this like these i'm still talking about these moments like 10 years later so clearly they have had a big effect on me i think you're right i think the point of them being filmed in the back of a limousine and being exactly the same is that these women are presenting what they consider to be their authentic selves. Didn't you have a friend partying with Sonia Morgan who said just that? Oh, yes. We we got guerrilla footage. And again, as, as a continuation of uh, Sonia arguing with, with Tinsley in the back of that Uber, uh, a friend of a friend went out partying, bumped into Sonia, and then took some kind of um, surreptitious videos on their phone. And one of them is Sonia snogging a man who's... I would say 30 years her junior in the street. And then she immediately just like falls over into traffic. Classic. And then the next one is them at the townhouse in the kitchen, around the kitchen island with the brown ice. And she's trying to make a cocktail. And then again, just falls over. And she's, there's no camera crew there. She's like that all the time. I I need to see. The fact that it's, it's a tragedy that in the pandemic, we couldn't just shove all of the New York women in a house together, quarantine them and just have a Big Brother style live stream. But I think what's been so important for us is to have another person uh, to dissect the show with. I don't know if I would have loved um, the Housewives franchise with the passion that I do if I didn't have you to pick over the carcass of each episode with at the end. And I will pick away. And Pick away, we do. A couple of vultures. <laughs> I I think we've been so lucky to, to have a sort of partner in crime with this. And I guess what I would hope that this podcast could provide uh, is that service for those who might have somehow fallen down the rabbit hole and found themselves uh, sort of knee deep in, in Real Housewives without someone to 
to dissect it with. Well, I think if all else fails and if what we say is actually completely useless and doesn't serve any purpose, you know, you can just listen to the sound of our voices. Yes, I feel like we both have we both have sort of vague Radio 4 British voices that you could have on in the background. We could be your white noise. You could fall asleep to us. I fall asleep listening to the sound of um, of a meandering stream. I fall asleep to the sound of Vicky Gumbelson going, I have never had sex with multiple partners! <laughs> <laughs> Vicky Gumbelson. It's the sound of middle-aged women screeching is my white noise. Um, do you have a favourite group of middle-aged women arguing? Do you have a favourite city? Ooh. I know it's like asking to choose between one of your children, but the truth is that we like we all have favourites. So, I mean, I don't have children, but I imagine that I would have favourites. Oh, absolutely. It's like you have to say, you know, initially that you can possibly choose, but amongst friends... Exactly. There was like an obligatory like, oh, but you knew. You knew your answer straight away. I can't. I can't name names, but it's New York. It has it's to be New, New York. York. It has to be New York. I have to say I'm I'm right there with you. New York is like the perfect Peter of of the Real Housewives franchise. We all know it's a favorite. I, I think it's, first of all, if I had to define it, I would call it a comedy. First of all, I've never, I genuinely don't think I laugh so much watching any show, scripted or reality, as I do watching these women. Oh, I am right with you on that. Beyond that, it's so multi-layered and deep and complex as well, because I've genuinely, I've gone from belly laughs to crying tears. The women, I've I've seen all kinds of emotion. I mean, I'm going to quote Judy Dench on this one, if I may. Quote away. It's the essential reference book for anyone who's ever been in love, felt jealousy, fear, hatred, or desire. All human life is here. She was talking about the complete works of Shakespeare, but I also think it applies to the New York housewives. That hit me. That hit me deep. Mm. I got a lump in my throat as well. <laughs> and a tiny bit of vomit. I... Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, though. I think New York took us on the biggest journey. I think that uh, in many ways, the women are authentic, mainly because of how crazy they are and were pretty much from the off. I do appreciate about people like Ramona Singer that they have been kind of mad from the get-go. And that one thing that comes with her whole sort of um, unfiltered nature is uh, she's consistently entertaining, where I feel like a lot of the other shows, the women have discovered across the course of a couple of series like what they individually bring and what character they should lean into and play and I feel like New York presented us with these fully formed characters from the off it was already like a perfect piece fully formed characters and I I find it fascinating that and I think this is one of its strengths is that so many of the of the OGs have actually stuck around you know they may have gone away for a couple of seasons like Bethany and then come back but we've been able to see these women either change over the course of time i'm thinking of someone like luann going from the very haughty countess to then the cool countess to you know getting arrested and becoming a divorcee and all of that honestly her her like parapetea across the real housewives franchise is it could be a movie in itself 
that it was one of my favorite things to go back and watch as an origin story was like the loftiness of Luanne and the status she held as like countess and the pride that people took in introducing her as countess and we look at where she is now i look at her like with that hula hoop at like bethany's hoedown birthday mm, party or that hula hoop and i'm just like oh god it's so good it's so rich there's so much story there it's a very so- sexy tango between the two alter egos that prim and proper count that she tries to project and then the who she i suspect she really is which is just a party girl who loves either young men or married men this wild like cougar oh who jumps in a cab with harry dubin exactly she's like got this incredible she's like both prim and sloppy Mm -hmm. and it just makes for a complete hypocrite and it's fascinating because you you have people like that who have been on television for 10 years, 10 years worth of documented evidence. And she is the least self-aware person I've ever come across in my life. Oh, they all lack such self-awareness apart from maybe Bethany in a way, which is why Bethany fits into this beautiful role as this sort of Greek chorus, like commenting mm. on the show. And it's just, it's it's come together so perfectly. And in a way, a loss of any one of them tips the balance. And it's where I think you get the odd season where they've lost a big personality. You know, I, I feel season five when they had that huge cut you know suddenly they were sort of down a big personality in season six Aviva just came in and was like I will provide the madness and they they work beautifully as a company they really do they really I think what they do they keep it moving all the time Mm, it never gets stale even their off seasons even if there's not much drama it's still I honestly I could watch Ramona and Sonia running around a house in Cartagena you know, picking bedrooms for a whole episode. I hope you appreciated how expressive my hands were just then. It's probably because I'm I'm getting so het up because I am practically bursting with you excitement. You have a secret. You're keeping it in to to say that our first season is going to be. Do you want to give me a drum roll? <laughs> I can't. I can't roll my ours. <laughs> <laughs> of new york city yay i feel it was fairly obvious can we say who we're gonna start with for our very first proper episode i'll give that to you okay so we're gonna start with the one the only the much maligned alex mccord oh Oh, i'm so so excited (laughs) what a way to start a podcast with a whimper like that (laughs) <laughs> with a with a whimper and a set of hives. Oh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Okay, so now we've gotten all of that red tape out of the way. Let's just play like a little fun get-to-know-you session. I did. So I want to start things off with asking you, what is your favourite housewives tagline of all time across all the cities? Oh, wow. Um, what, you mean besides Jacqueline's? infamous tale of i know exactly first season of real houses of new jersey what did she say something about um it's like you know people have money but i'm not one to brag about it or brag about it or anything or anything (laughs) (laughs) those were fascinating Oh, they were incredible. The ones where like they weren't full sentences. They just seemed to be sort of like picked up off the cutting room floor of like discarded footage. And they were a bit like, yeah, sure. Just like chuck that one in over putting on a hat in their hallway. Yeah. yeah. God, I, yeah. Uh, but no, I think I I appreciate when they have the self-awareness to 
kind of self-reference in their mm-hmm. in their taglines. I have to give it to her. I think the most sort of self-aware, self-referential, like dream tagline to come from any series has to be Sonia Morgan's There's Nothing Grey About My Gardens. Oh, Oh, it was just perfect. That's like my cellar door. You know, something that's like quite disgusting in its meaning, but it just sounds so lyrical to the ear. Oh, it was so, <laughs> so good. There's gardens. nothing gray about my gardens. Do you want to hear my one? Of course I want to hear yours. What's your favorite tagline? This is, um, in my mind, hands down the best tagline that has ever been, and I think ever will be. It's Lisa Vanderpump's Throw Me to the Wolves and I Shall Return Leading the Pack. In oh, five. so good. What a way to come back as well. Exactly. It's grand. It's epic. It's poetic. It, and it fits, like you said, it's self-referential. It fits within the context of her storyline. You know, if, if those who don't know at home, the season before Brandy Glanville, her former best friend, staged this failed mutiny against her and she was the pariah for the season and then she came back like a phoenix rising from the ashes and it's just it's so linguistically more heightened than any other housewives tagline i mean lots of taglines attempt a metaphor or a simile or some sort of wordplay but lisa's done a very rare thing in the world of housewives where she's actually constructed a line that's irreverent and succinct and is an extended metaphor that actually makes sense Mm. We could all afford to be a little more Lisa Vanderpump. I always think of, they, they love to mix a metaphor inadvertently. I'm, I was watching Real Housewives of Melbourne the other day, and I don't know if you remember Lydia. Her one is, um, I may be a flirt, but home is where my heart is. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's so funny. I have to say, I'm also, I'm not a fan of Dorinda's latest one, the, um, like a mint in my mouth, I can be a bit fresh. I think they recorded those during lockdown because it sounds like it was recorded on her iPhone and she's screaming the line as well. How much have we loved their cutaways and talking heads being filmed on what looks like an iPhone at home? Oh, that was, that was rough. It was dark times. It was like, you know, like a record scratch. I was like, whoa. Exactly. And also, they all looked a little bit like they were in aquariums, like the sound was odd. And we have to briefly, we have to take note of Leah's decision to wear a sort of lycra cum netting pink and yellow bodysuit that takes you back to sort of Mr. Blobby that covers her fingers. Yeah, she decided to dress as the coronavirus. And I think that's another symptom of recording at home is that there was no producer present. There was no stylist to go, oh, Leah, come on. I, she, she's gone She's gone cabin fever. She's gone do lally tap. And I love Leah. But for me, that was that was too far. For Mr. Blobby skin suit was, yeah. was a no. Yeah. Shall we... Um, so on that note, talking about taglines, do you want to... Like, what, what, what would your tagline be? I feel like I have options. I feel like... I feel like I could do an, an Eileen Davidson and sort of take the the actor route and say like I leave the drama and my soul on stage. <laughs> I gave it a bit of Judy Dench there. Just that, that was or a bit a bit of Juliet Stevenson. <laughs> um or I feel like I could give a sort of 2020 vibe like right. I'm I'm young, single, unemployed and 
really quite scared about the future. (laughs) 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 But I think I'd, I'd, I I feel like I'd probably have quite like a dappy, like, like, um, I hate confrontation, but I love cheese. Like, (laughs) (laughs) have a non sequitur. Go for it. It would make more sense. Exactly. I like. I'd have a bit of a Kristen one. I think. Like, don't take me. Don't take me too seriously. I loved hers. I know. Yeah, and I think that no one really understood it. Yes, I think people took her too seriously. I thought it had a really lovely lightness of touch. I may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'm pretty. But like, she obviously isn't dumb. No, I love Kristen. But everyone was like, why Why would you say that about yourself? I, I don't understand. Kristen, don't <laughs> beat yourself up like that. But it's like, no, it's a joke. It's the kind of thing I would do. I really want to do one where it's that thing of I may not be da-da-da-da-da and then pivot with a semi-clause, but I'm da-da-da-da-da, but just leave out the second half. So it's like, I may not look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then it's just me with my hands on my hips. And just and like James. slightly too much time. To like do just one turn yeah. too many, or you could do yeah, you could really do a classic linger. Camille and do the like whoa like dance move, which is like looking up. The little when she goes down and up yeah. again, the little wavy dance. What would you, I mean I, if you didn't go for that? What would your tagline be? Ooh, uh, my one would be because for context, I, I now live in New York. As an Englishman abroad, I would go for um, look, but don't touch. Because this English rose has thorns. Oh, I think I just had a tiny orgasm. I'm quite happy with it. Well, it's partly because you just said that so close to the mic. And like, I feel like I went too grand with mine. I feel like, I feel like, oh, you just made it so sultry. Oh God, I'd already be a hated figure, wouldn't I? I just, I already, ugh. Let's call a spade a spade. We only need one. Because I think if either of us were on these shows, we wouldn't last five minutes. We would be like a Barbara Kay. We probably wouldn't even, we'd just be a friend of at best. James, I am so excited to get started with this. I cannot wait. I, I I could not think of a better one to start with than with Alex McCord. And that will actually come out next week with subsequent episodes then coming out each Wednesday. So just as a little treat to get you through the week. In the meantime, feel free to send us a message at our Instagram at Housewives Archives. And don't forget to click subscribe so you never miss a show. And while you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating or if you'd simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you so much for joining and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>